Thank you for tuning in today and welcome to Steady Chatting the Podcast. I'm your host, Lee, and this is episode number seven, where we'll be talking about keeping your emotions in check. We'll have a little grow conversation about knowing when it's time to harvest, what you can invent and why not invent it. And we'll close the segment off with a little discussion on what's the big hype about strip clubs. On this episode, you'll be hearing music from Mariah Carey, Peter Tosh, 2 Chains, and Common. On this channel, you can expect to hear content on cannabis, growing, product reviews, interviews, interesting news, discussion, music, and whatever you like. Let us at Steady Snapping Productions know what you'd like to hear on future podcasts so we can keep giving you what you want and what you need. Join in the conversation. If you're a visitor or just checking this podcast out for the first time, don't forget to subscribe to get more content. Now, let's get this started. So we're talking about keeping our emotions in check. And it's an important topic, especially for those who have challenges with anger management. Um, so when it comes to your emotions, and I mean, it's not always anger. Anger isn't the only emotion. Some people like to cry a whole lot. I mean, fuck out of here with that shit, man. Walk around with a box of tissue paper in your purse or in your backpack or in your back pocket or in the trunk of your car. And go to hell out there, go cry and come back and let's get this work done. You know what I mean? But um, what are some things that trigger our emotions? That's something that we need to ask ourselves and start documenting so that you can keep track of the things that actually do bother you from um, what makes you happy, right? And then you need to think about, in my opinion, uh, how you can avoid them or have these trigger triggers be removed from your reality, from your world, from your workplace, from your home, from your car, wherever it is that you're running into these emotional conflicts. Um, you need to ask yourself, why is it important to keep my emotions in check? And for me, uh, I see perception is a huge factor. It's not about you. You know, this world, despite how much you may think or you've created a portion of this world to evolve around you. The world doesn't, you know, it doesn't evolve around you. So the perception that people have of you determine which doors get opened, which doors get closed, which houses you even get to see. Um, it's also important to keep your emotions in check because health-wise, if your emotions aren't in check and they're always spiking, they're always going up and down and up and down, I'm sure your blood sugar was also being impacted. And overall, your health is your wealth. So if you treat yourself um, with the utmost respect and you keep in mind that your health is your wealth, you may find more reason for why you need to keep your emotions in check. Don't be too hard on yourself or others, you know, because we don't know what somebody else is going through. And we are usually our hardest critic. So when we walk around and we may not get something right. We may completely mess something up. Believe me, there's a million people outside of your head that's ready to beat you up and shit all over your cereal and tell you how terrible of a person you are, how, how, how unworthy you are to be able to stand in their presence. Fuck out of here with that shit. You know, at the end of the day, we tend to be our hardest critics. So take it a little bit easier on yourself. There's other people out there to beat you down. In the event you realize your emotions aren't in check, what could you do? 
uh, me, I have to concentrate on my breathing. You know, when I realize that my emotions aren't in check, I have to think, I have to consciously think, what are some things that my body does naturally when I'm happy? And then I start going through those motions. How is the expression on my face? What are the thoughts that I think? What is, um, what am I usually thinking about when I'm in a good place? How are my jaws, like are my jaws really tense? Um, do I have my hands in my pockets in balled up in a fist? And then you just start going through the motions of what you'd be acting like if you weren't so emotionally charged up. Either way, no matter what happens, unless you're dead, it's not the end of the world. So you do yourself a favor. Try and keep your emotions in check. Hopefully there's some words of wisdom that we dropped in this segment that may help you in this battle. Either way, keep on taking the time to learn yourself because you're worth it. One of my favorite times of the month is harvest time. And when this time comes, for those that are newer growers, they may ask themselves, when is the best time for me to harvest my bud? So we're getting into that because that's a very important question. That's actually a question that I rack my brain on um, for the first few plants that I grew. And then it came to me. Um, how I'm going to approach harvesting. So hopefully this is going to give you guys some advice, some some useful tips or hinters that may make your harvest season um, an even more enjoyable one and not as stressful. So why harvest times matter? Um, they matter because the type of high that you want to get is determined on when you harvest. Um, the taste, the flavor of the bud is determined by when you harvest and how you cure your bud. Um, the harvest time impacts how big of a um, crop you end up cropping out with. If you pick your buds too early, then you won't have as much of a weight, as much weight of bud in comparison to if you waited a little bit longer. So there's a lot of things that are impacted by the harvest time. Now, why it doesn't matter as much as you may think it does, I've realized that you can rack your brain and try and figure out when's the best time. Do you go based on what the, um, what the company who sells the seeds suggest? Do you go based on what the internet says? When is the best time and like how does it matter? Well, if this is your first couple of grows, it matters because you want to have a successful experience of growing so that you'd want to grow again, right? But it doesn't really matter because if you're doing this and understanding that you are now learning and you understand that you're not a master grower, you're not an expert. I'm not a master grower and I'm not an expert, but you enjoy the process of learning, then if you pick it too early, it's fine. Grow another plant. Pick it a bit later. Take note of the time frame that you that you pick your plant because then you could make adjustments for future grows of that exact same strain and get the results that you're looking for. So at the end of the day, as long as you're enjoying the process of learning how to grow, it doesn't really matter whether you pick it early or late. Enjoy the experience. Um, uh, how do you know when is harvest time? 
by checking trichomes. So the trichomes are the little white, um, they almost look like light bulbs that grow off of the leaves and off of the bud itself. They start clear and then they turn opaque, like a, a cloudy color. And then they'll turn like a reddish or a brownish color. So depending on the color of the trichomes, that will tell you at what stage the bud is, how developed it is. And if you know anything about the trichomes, it'll give you a good idea of when you want to pick, right? Based on the type of how you're looking for. You can also look at the pistils, which are the white hairs that grow out of the plant when you first um, put it to flower, when you switch the light cycle from 18 hours or 24 hours down to 12. So you, when the pistils start changing colors, you know that it's now um, maturing and going into another stage of maturity before harvest time. Uh, when they change from white to like red or purples or whatever, and they start curling up, they're no longer straight. And you know that it's closer to harvest time. Uh, you, some people just study their plant. You know, they keep track of their feeding cycle. I do. And what I watch for is when my plants stop eating as much, when they don't need as much feed, when you put the same amount of feed as the previous um, feed, but it takes longer for it to drink up the water, or eat up the nutrients. So that's when you know that it's, it's getting there. It's pretty much on the verge of reaching its peak. What else? What else? What else? Harvesting based on the genetics. Yes, as I explained, some people, they'll check with the seed company and find out when they believe is the ideal, the prime time to harvest. In my opinion, most of the time, the seed makers generally give you a time frame that's too early, but it gives you an idea. So what I do is I harvest in two sessions, especially if it's the first time I'm growing the strain. I'll harvest in two sessions because I'll harvest at the time that the genetics suggest that you harvest. And then I'll harvest another time, maybe eight days later, 10 days later, maybe four days later. And then I'll compare the two. And at the end of that batch, I'll decide whether I picked it too early, whether I picked it too late, um, or whether I picked it at the prime time. And for the following grow, I know exactly how many days I want to let it go for. Okay, so eventually you'll be able to decide what type of high you want. And as a result of that, you'll know when will be the ideal time to harvest. So at the end of the day, don't be afraid to make mistakes. Uh, the rule is anytime you think your bud is ready, wait an extra 10 days. <laughs> and trust me, it seems almost unbearable. But if you have the patience, which you surely have because you've managed to get to harvest time, that means that you've spent at least three, four, five months patiently growing that little lady for her to be able to be eaten so at the end of the day you are in control you are the captain of your ship enjoy the experience don't be too hard on yourself and keep growing the question is why not invent it and that's a fair question you know there's a lot of things that we think of that uh, we could do but we don't act on, you know, there's things that we, we've thought of. We have a rough draft of, of an idea, but we don't turn it into a reality. And we are causing our civilization to be stagnant with this practice. The truth is we all have the knowledge 
we have access to the knowledge. We all have smartphones with Google that we can ask Google anything and it give us an answer. So why are we not further ahead as a civilization? You know, I think it's because a lot of us have been trained to not be curious anymore, to not have that childish mindset where you're looking at things for the first time with questions. Why is it done like that? Why is it that color? Why is it shaped like that? Why isn't it shaped like this? Why isn't it this color? You know, and these are the type of curiosity or curious questions that lead to innovations. You know, there's a lot of access to new inventions and new creations. You could check out Shark Tank. You could Google it. There's uh, there's groups on Facebook where people are creating new things every day. Um, you know, marketing, patenting, patenting. Um, ideas every day so the resources access to mm -hmm. new innovative creative ideas are endless we should use them a little bit more you know the difference between being a consumer and being a producer is huge we've been trained to be consumers as the general public and to not even think of being a producer but the reality is we all have the know-how to be a producer. We could be creating product content all day, every day, instead of uh, consuming what everybody else is making. You know, so why why not? You know, why not become a producer? Um, in this world, I've realized that as a business owner in North America, North America is built for business. It's not built for employees. Employees don't really get many benefits. But just owning your own company, you could write off a lot of the stuff you're already paying for, you know. So um, there's a lot of tax breaks that you can sign up for that you have no right for if you're just a simple worker. So create stuff, start a business, be innovative, and then you'll have a lot more breaks in life than if you're just begging other people for work. You know, see what's missing instead of what could be bought. When you walk around on the street, when you walk around with your girlfriend or with your children or you're walking by yourself, just observe the world that we live in as I can fill in the blanks. I can fill the void of the things that are missing that would make this world a better place and do it. That's all it takes. You know, see what's missing instead of walking around looking for things to spend your money on and you'll make this world an even better place. A lot of the times people think it's money that they want, but the reality is adding value to this world is what makes us feel good. I should be speaking for myself because maybe it doesn't make you feel good. Maybe just <laughs> stacking up hundreds of thousands of dollars in the bank make you smile, you know? But when you drop down dead and people talk about all the things that you compromised in exchange for that money that you no longer have uses for does that really make you feel good so i think with inventions and being innovative and being creative we add value to other people's lives and that is what matters more than pretty much anything else be creative in your approach and let's try and leave this earth better than when we entered it so the question is what's the big hype about strip clubs and it's not a real serious subject so I'll be able to tackle this with a light approach. 
Now, I've heard many reasons of why strip clubs are hype. Some people's reason for going to strip clubs is simply because they're not getting any, whether it's at home or wherever they're expecting to get some. Um, so here's what I would say about that. If you're not getting any, wherever you are, going to the strip club might not solve that. Depending on the city, the province, the state, the country that you live in, you might not even be allowed to touch the strippers when you go inside there. So you pay your cover fee, you go and sit down, you pay arm and a leg for a drink, and then you pay to have the girl's attention, and then that's it. There's no upstairs, there's no private room, and yeah, so just be mindful. You might be setting yourself up for an epic failure, a very expensive one. And there's other places that you can go to get some besides the strip club. Um, some people need a little variety, and that's me. I need a little variety. So you know what I do? I have a variety of positions. You know what I mean? I have a variety of outfits that I'd like her to dress up in. And that keeps the variety going. There are some people who believe that um, the strip club's a great place to socialize. Now, if you've been to a strip club, yeah, there there is a social aspect to it. You know, I, I wouldn't prefer to not be in an environment where I have to be yelling over the music and and competing with other half-naked women's attentions to speak to somebody. You know, that could be very distracting. Some people go for cheap drinks. I've never been to a strip club that offers cheap drinks, period. Whether you go to a bar or whether you go to a pub or a strip club, they're always more expensive than if you go to the liquor store and buy that same alcohol, whether it's beer or hard liquor. So don't fool yourself. Some people just like being surrounded by naked bitches. And I'd agree with that. That's an awesome feeling, you know. Um, is, there's just something about that energy and that vibe of um, estrogen and testosterone, you know, and good music and girls who know how to work their body. But, I mean, you can't always be in an environment like that because that's not reality. You know, it's it just isn't. It's going to end up becoming unhealthy for you because you're expecting things that aren't realistic. Um, some people, um, they have dancers working at the strip club. So hell yeah. If you have staff working in the strip club, then you should be there overseeing your staff. That makes sense. Some people are hype about strip clubs because they hear about bachelor parties. And some bachelor parties are absolutely insane. But life isn't a bachelor party. If life was a bachelor party, then there'd be no reason to have a bachelor party because that would already have been played out, right? That's not something special. That's just a common practice, if that's your lifestyle. So there's nothing hype about something that you do all the time. Are you hype about tying a tie if every day you wear suits and ties? No, not until you buy maybe a new tie that you like the pattern, right? Um, you just want to see what it's like. And I could relate. Some people, they are hyped to go to the strip club because they've never been there before and they want to see what it's like. And that's normal. That's natural. You know, if you're interested in something and you've never um, experienced it before, there's that rush of, and there's that, I wonder what it'd be like, you know. Sometimes people are tired of watching porn on their phones. So that's why they go to the strip club. I'll say, um, you're going to end up getting almost the ideal, the exact same pleasures 
of watching porn on your phone as you're doing watching somebody standing in front of you dancing especially if you can't touch right so i mean you're better off you already paid for your cell phone bill watch your porno on your phone watch it on your laptop or whatever you know if that's the type of vibe that you're on uh, don't waste your time going to the strip club because you're going to end up seeing the exact same shit that you'd have seen on your phone for free uh you don't want the burden of being in a relationship and that's understandable Sometimes it's just easier for everybody if you just pay for some pussy and keep it moving. And you get into a relationship with somebody who's not good for you and it could destroy your entire life when all you really wanted was pussy. You didn't want to turn it into a relationship. So that, that's a fair argument in my opinion. But like anywhere else, uh, clubs could be a great place to blow off some steam. You know, hearing some good music, get a couple of nice drinks in you get attention from some people who may not have even looked at you on a regular day simply because they're being paid to pay attention to you. So as a result, it may help with your ego. Maybe if you're broken, maybe if you've been battered, if your ego has been compromised all week at work because you work with dicks, you know, it's a nice place to blow off some steam at time. What I'd say is be responsible and never hang your hat higher than you can reach. If you only have lap dance money, don't go in there and blow your family inheritance on pussy or at the bar. You know, most of the ladies out at the strip club are working, literally working. So don't let your emotions get the best of you and don't let them fool you and think that they're in love with you. It's a motherfucking script. And the next dude that's ready to throw money down their crotches is going to hear the same speech. I'm your host, Steady Snapping Charlie. And this is Steady Chatting, the podcast. Thank you for listening to today's podcast number seven. We here at Steady Snapping Productions could have done this without you. Keep tuning in for more interviews, good music, and great discussions. If you have a topic that you want us to cover, you can send me a message on Instagram at Snapologus. That's S-N-A-P-A-L-O-T-A-G-U-S. Or you can direct message me through Facebook at Steady Snapping Charlie. Keep following me on my travels and feel free to take me on some of your travels as well. These podcasts can be downloaded and saved on your device. So stock up on episodes for road trips to help you pass the time. I'm your host, Steady Snapping Charlie, and this is Steady Chatting, the podcast.